Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season seven, episode 13 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called This Woman's Work. Mm-hmm. This woman's work, this woman's slay, this woman's serve. <laughs> I mean, this is our first real introduction to Raina Cruz, and they go right into backstory, and I think that's good. They do a good job of making Raina pretty standable. She doesn't have my number one stan card. And also, you know, we were starting at kind of zero, so anything would have been standable. I think they do a pretty good job making her pretty scary and also, like, human. Yeah. I think they do a good job with her. It's a good introduction. And again, after coming off the heels of Julian, it's like I was walking through the desert and I had a sip of water. Like, it's going to taste good. Like, it, it doesn't matter if that water has dirt in it. I have water. Yeah. It's better than what I just went through. She's standable enough that I'm not even that mad about Bo because, frankly, he was next on the chopping block. I mean, yeah, all of these heretics, they're living on borrowed time because they're not really giving anything. So at this point, either they're going to disappear or be killed. And we did need to kill someone who we know to amplify the stakes of having Raina here. And you thought that would be Julian? No, it's Bo instead, which sucks because we love Bo. But let's face it, they're not using Bo. I mean, I knew it had to be someone with a scar. We know Bo has a scar. They've been underusing him. He hasn't been on the show for weeks. So it was his time. I mean, I'm mad about it, but he did get another little song in before he went. And he acted. He acted his way down, as he do. Unsurprisingly, he acted down his death. Yes. Rest in peace, Bo. We will miss you so much. Julian came back even though he died last week. You better be gone now. Yeah, he's he's gone now. We just had to see why she hated him, which I hated him too, girl. You didn't even need to give me all that. You were right, queen. <laughs> I would have killed him when I met him too, even without all that. Yeah. So much to unpack this week. But before we do, here's a quick ad. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. As always, I will start with the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. When complications from her supernatural pregnancy leave Caroline's life hanging in the balance, Stefan and Valerie take extreme measures to try to save her and the babies. Meanwhile, after uncovering a dark secret about Damon, Enzo uses the information to force Damon into helping him track down Raina Cruz, a ruthless vampire hunter who is on the loose. Mm, that's not what he forces Damon to do. He forces him to give him the sword, but whatever. And also, Enzo used that for blackmail, knowing full well it wasn't true. Yeah, which, hey, it worked. He needed the information. Yeah, sorry. I mean, and we'll talk about this when we get there. But he makes reference to the fact that this organization he's involved with literally knows where Elena's coffin is. That's true. So, first of all, Damon should be asking who told you I burned Elena, because who would Enzo have heard it from? He's been gone for weeks. Yeah, there's a lot of questions. However... When Damon's actions inadvertently put everyone he loves in Raina's path, he is forced to make things right before it's too late. Already too late. Yeah. Already too late. I mean, I know Damon's going through something, and I will be anti-Damon, but I do see what he's going through. But unfortunately, like, the later we get into the show, 
when Damon's selfishness causes this much of an issue, particularly that he was on a self-destructive week last episode, like, haven't you learned any fucking thing? Well, my stance on this, like, yes, this got out of hand. There's no reason Damon knew just how destructive giving her that sword was. I think he understood she could hunt with it, but I don't think he understood, like, the pull it had. That I agree with. However, Bonnie didn't want to give the sword to Enzo. No one wanted to give the sword to Enzo. No one wanted to give the sword anywhere. Damon only did it because Enzo had blackmail on him because Damon selfishly burned Elena's body, or so he thought. But he didn't sneak that sword away from people. Bonnie was on his side like, yeah, we'll just do it because it's not that serious. Yeah, I understand that. So I think it's it's one of those situations where it's unfortunate that it went so far, but I think it was not, there was no reason for Damon to know just how dangerous of a move this was. Yes, but it was still a move that only helped Damon in his knowledge. He figured maybe it would be like a minor inconvenience to everyone else, but it was a selfish decision. He didn't think like what implications this has. He wasn't thinking like, oh, I think it's less implications. He was just thinking, I can't tell anyone I burned Elena. Like no one's ever going to figure that out. I mean, he should have just told people because obviously if Enzo knows, then other people would know. But I think this seemed like a fair trade-off for the day to him, which is selfish, but it's not like as selfish because he didn't know that was the situation. He thought he was doing a harmless little thing. Not harmless, but like not destructive. Yeah, he was not under any illusion that it was harmless. He just figured it wouldn't harm anyone he gave a fuck about. Yeah. But he knew for sure it would harm Bo. I don't think he knew that for sure. Maybe he didn't. Yeah, I don't think he did. He has no reason to know that having the sword would draw them together because in his mind as well, they've dealt with hunters. Like their specific sword like is not really usually part of it. And I think he's also like, well, the Phoenix Stone, I've already lived through it. He's in kind of self-destructive, like nothing matters streak, which does not help matters. But I don't think he's, I mean, I'm not as mad at him as others probably are, such as you. Well, yeah, I think he, again, and I think this is a problem like we talked about last week, is that Damon's selfishness is something he kind of has grown out of by the time we get to season six or like he's evolved past the need for, that they're kind of backsliding him into without Elena. And what angers me about Damon lately is I think he thinks that he's the only one. Maybe this is subconscious. I think he thinks he's the only one who's allowed to be upset that he burned Elena. I think he thinks Elena matters more to him than anyone else. And so he gets to be self-destructive and he gets to want to kill himself and he gets to inconvenience Stefan as much as he wants because he is suffering through what he did to Elena. And I get that, but he's like totally discounting the fact that Stefan is mourning Elena now and that everyone else is going to have to mourn Elena. See, I disagree with this. And I think this is so funny because that's usually the kind of shit I say about Stefan. <laughs> I don't think you do. I think I'm right here. When do you ever say this about Stefan? No, that like that I think that Stefan like takes pain and makes it about him more than others and makes all the guilt and everything bad about him. Because I think what's really happening with Damon here is he feels such insurmountable guilt and self-loathing for doing this that he doesn't want to share it with someone else because he is so he's like, I have to punish myself for this. Like, I don't want other people to be hurt by this. Like, I think this is it is very Stefan coded murder behavior. But the difference is, is that when Stefan feels this kind of like insurmountable guilt, it's because of an action he did that affects innocent people. Absolutely. But really only affects him. 
he killed a bunch of innocent humans. Not great, but it's different. Whereas Damon's action harmed Elena, who's everyone's best friend. So he doesn't get to keep that to himself. Did Stefan not try to drive her off with Bridge? Well, but he didn't. And he was never going to. He was bluffing. Well, Damon didn't kill Elena. Well, <laughs> Stefan was bluffing. Damon knew he was at Elena's coffin and sure, Henry tricked him. But he burned Elena's body knowing it was Elena's coffin. Granted, it was a fake coffin. It was a hallucination. But we don't get to use Wickery Bridge anymore. <laughs> We're all over that. You bring up Damon killing Jeremy all the time. If you can bring that up, I can use Wickery Bridge. But, and we're not going to get into a Wickery Bridge versus killing Jeremy fight because it is season seven. And we've done that fight before. But here's what I will say about it. Wickery Bridge was bluffing. And do I think it was rude and awful to bluff and that he might have actually done it? Yeah, I think it's bad. But he wasn't bluffing when he killed Jeremy. He intended to kill Jeremy dead. He got lucky that he didn't die. But- Damon quickly snapped Jeremy's neck. Stefan psychologically tortured Elena with a lie. Psychologically tortured? He sped on a road. On the road where her parents died and she got in a traumatic car accident. Don't you dare. I know you had to try it, but please. I'm just saying that Damon's selfishness is getting old. Yes, he wants to punish himself and be the only person feeling guilty for Elena. But then... He takes away everyone else's opportunity to push him away. I mean, he wants he wants to push people away before they push him away, sure. But now he's like actively taking away their opportunities to grieve. And then he's tricking them into doing whatever he wants so that that information doesn't get out. You did it. Own up. And if he had owned up sooner, I think a lot of the events of this episode wouldn't happen. I do agree he should have owned up to this and told people about it. I do think he told the most important one, which was Stefan. And it's not like I'm saying Stefan should have been nicer about it because yeah. Stefan's right to be angry. He's right to be angry and he's right to, you know, cut Damon off in this way. Like, I do agree that Damon should have said something. But I also think we all need to remember who Damon is. And like, I think Stefan probably should have, like, unfortunately for Damon, pulled other people and said he's freaking out or like called Tyler been like hey damon said this but i know the phoenix knows crazy i know i said this last week but like do some fact finding and i know it's hard for stefan i know that's what you're gonna say but like that's not even what i'm gonna say no not that it's hard for stefan stefan is dealing with caroline maybe dying yeah through no control of his own mind you his girlfriend is dying because of some babies that are in there damon's girlfriend died because he killed her in well, stefan's mind in stefan's mind <laughs> I said in Stefan's mind. I said in Stefan's mind. And in David's mind, too, he killed her. So now Stefan is supposed to take time out of his busy week and spending time with his dying girlfriend because Damon killed his girlfriend? How's that Stefan's fault? It's not Stefan's fault, but unfortunately, like, siblinghood is a give and take, and some people are down and some people are up, and sometimes you're both down. I mean, the lesson here, ultimately, we could all stand to call Tyler a little more. <laughs> I was going to say... And, you know, let's let's go this direction. Tyler could have called Stefan. Well, we don't know if Tyler's alive. Tyler's alive. Like, we don't know that. Sure. But let's ass- assuming Tyler's alive, okay? He could have called Stefan and be like, hey, Damon burned this decoy coffin and beat me up. So he probably thinks he killed Elena. If he starts acting weird, that's a lot to put on Tyler because Tyler doesn't understand how the Phoenix Stone works. 
and again, he's unconscious. He wakes up to the burned coffin. Tyler could very easily say, Damon knocked me out, opened this coffin, saw it was empty, and burnt it out of frustration and went somewhere else. That's true. Tyler has no reason to assume that Damon thinks he killed Elena, assuming Tyler's alive. But also, I think Tyler assumes that Elena Coffin is really safe because he's trusting this mysterious organization. Yeah, but it's it's nice to keep, you know, Damon's brother in the loop. Sure, but Tyler's never been besties with any of these people. He's probably like, whatever, losers. And I'm not saying that's a good decision by Tyler. <laughs> but unfortunately, it's Tyler. Like, <laughs> Just to take some blame off Damon. Let's put some on Tyler. Damon's pissing me off this week. I, I can see that. And don't get me wrong, I don't think he's acting well. But I think that in many cases, things just get out of hand. I just think this is such a stefan reaction of like i mean it's a damon and stefan reaction because he's just out of extreme guilt looking for ways to hurt himself although if he really wanted to hurt himself he would tell people he did this yeah that's a good point he doesn't want to hurt himself what he really wants is for everyone to push him away but he also doesn't want to admit to this yeah he wants to disconnect from reality and from people that know him yeah and he i think wants to disconnect from the memory of him burning Elena, which whether it was a hallucination or not, was a very traumatic memory for him. Exactly. Which I guess is not unlike Stefan going to Savannah after Damon died. Mm -hmm. But at least he had the good sense not to kill Damon. He didn't kill Damon, but Damon killed Elena. In his mind. (laughs) In his mind. (laughs) In Stefan's mind. Yeah, I don't think this is a Stefan. I don't think this is similar to a Stefan situation at all. I don't think Stefan would do this. I don't think Stefan would have burned Elena's body. I agree with that. But I think the reaction to it is a little Stefan-esque. I disagree. Because what Stefan did when he ran away to Savannah, he pushed everyone away by completely disengaging. Damon's still engaging with all these people. Is he? Well, he got blackmailed by Enzo. He got this. I mean, he's all interacting with them. He's engaging with all of them. He's with Bonnie all day. Well, he got blackmailed by Enzo. That's not him engaging with Enzo. Like, he didn't call Enzo. Well, he picked up the phone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, he got pulled into this just like everybody else. Look, Damon's abandoned Enzo many times before. He could have said, fuck you, no one's going to believe you if you tell Bonnie that I killed Elena. I think he feels so guilty for it. He, that didn't even cross his mind. Yeah, I think because he knows he did it, he's not going to deny it. I think he wants people to know, but he doesn't want to say it. Yeah, because there really is no way to say I burned Elena. There's no way to say it well, but also like he doesn't want to admit that he did that. He's not happy with that situation. He's not. This is the other reason that I'm getting annoyed with Damon is ever since we got out of the Phoenix Stone, Stefan has been handling Damon like, let me help you. How can I help you? Damon has not offered the same kindness to Stefan. But Stefan's hiding that he has any residual results from everyone. But Damon has known Stefan for 165 fucking years. He knows his brother's not doing good. But he just got out of hell. Okay, so did Stefan. Yeah, but Stefan always, to feel better, handles other people before himself. Damon always tries to deal with himself first. Damon came out a few weeks later. He assumes Stefan has passed it because Stefan is helping him through it. And yes, that's a blind spot. But it's not a crazy thing to think that Stefan, who's guiding him through it, figured it out already. It is crazy for him to think that. He knows Stefan. He knows he didn't just get over it on his own in two weeks. But he he's telling Damon he did. And when Damon was talking to him about it, Damon was being glib and cavalier to try to hide his own suffering, which, fine. Damon is working so hard to hide his suffering, he doesn't have room to see others, which is not fair to Stefan. Yeah, that's a failing. But Stefan is also hiding it. 
Yeah. And Stefan unfortunately hides it by being functioning. It's less of a dead giveaway. Sure. But again, they've known each other for a long time now. Stefan knows how Damon reacts. Stefan can predict Damon's reactions to things. He knew Damon wasn't doing well. Well, Damon's reactions aren't subtle. Well, yeah, but neither are Stefan's. He was acting very much like he's past it. Was he, though? Like telling him about how he got past it. Yes. Okay. I see that. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, we haven't even started the episode yet. Do you realize that? (laughs) No. (laughs) So I'm just going to dig into the episode. Obviously, that's a little amuse-bouche. It's the Damon-Stefan Wars again. We're back. We haven't had to do this in a while. Anyway, let's get into the episode. (laughs) We open the episode in St. Malo, Louisiana, 1842. A girl, young Raina, sleeping by the fire, and she wakes up, and her dad's, like, tracing his arm. And she says, oh, what's that? And he says, oh, it's my tattoo you keep asking about. La Marca del Cazador. And she says, the hunter's mark. And I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> I straight up asked you if, it, if the five was connected. And you said, no, too easy. He says, I traced it down to the line. And she says, okay, how come I can't see the real one? He says, because the mark is only visible to the brotherhood of the five. And so this also tells us she's not a potential hunter, mm-hmm. at least not of the five. She says, oh, when do I get mine? And he kisses her forehead and says, hopefully never, girl. If I do my job right, you will live in a world without bloodsuckers. Well, you failed. Yeah, I mean, we know she's still hunting 200 some years later. So he says, "Okay, now get up. I made stew. And she says, no, I'm not going to eat. Not until you teach me how to fight. And he grabs the sword that we know later to have the Phoenix stone in it, but it has a clear stone in it at this point Mm -hmm. and says, this should be about the right size for you and gives it to her. He says, don't just look at it. Prepare yourself. And then we jump a little bit ahead 15 years later. So 1857 for those doing math. Mm-hmm. And they are sword fighting. And it's the Reina we know, adult Reina. Her dad says, battles are one in the mind. If you do not believe you can beat me, you never will. And they fight some more. And then he holds the sword to her neck. And he says, you know, this is no game, Reina. You want to survive? Show me you want to survive. Never hesitate. They fight more. She gets the knife to his neck. And then a horn blows. And that must be the vampire alarm because he says vampires. And she says, it's coming from St. Malo. Let me go with you. And he says, nope, not today, Nene. This is my burden. One day it may be yours, but it's not today. He goes. Yeah, he's like, you won't be coming. And she's like, "Mm, we'll see. We go to the present day. Reyna is in that room where Enzo brought her the glass room in the mysterious location whose name we don't yet know. Mm -hmm. She has clothes on now, though. She's got like a leather jacket, leather pants. She cracks her knuckles and Enzo looks at her. Also, there's some guy with Enzo who we don't know and we don't address. Yeah. Raina pushes the glass and she says, oh, strong. And she punches it. And Enzo says, hey, take it easy, love. Just going to hurt yourself. She keeps punching the glass till her knuckles bleed. And Enzo says to his new little friend, "Uh, okay, we're going to have to sedate her. And then she backs up and gets a running start and breaks through the glass. Every single little piece breaks. She looks at Enzo and then she leaves as we get a great needle drop. X's and O's by L. King. A classic, very true of the time. I love this song. Sorry. That leads us over to the Lockwood house where the skank Damon hooked up with last week is dancing around in her underwear. They said, this is season one Damon, bitch. Yeah, they, they really went back to the beginning with it. It's a little lazy. Yeah. And it makes you be like, Damon, can you not get past this? It's like, Damon, come on. Damon drinks bourbon and says, well, that's all the bourbon. He ran out of bourbon. Yikes. That's crazy. Crystal, we later find out is her name, says, Vodka, you're up. 
She said, this party is going to keep going if I have anything to say about it. Yeah. Damon throws a bottle into the fire. Crystal says, do you want a Bloody Mary or a Bloody Pamela? She's got a blood bag from a woman named Pamela, I guess. Y'all get it. Aha. Uh-huh. She says, AB negative, very rare. And then he hears like a cur chirp, like a lock. So Damon Vampire runs to turn off L King. Mm-hmm. He said, no, we're done. We're done with X's and O's. He says, you got to go. And she says, uh, no, we are dancing. He said, you were dancing. I was never dancing, girl. He said, I was just standing here, girl, looking at the fire being sad. He says, we're done. You leave now. And she says, what are you? And he's like, I'll call you. And he gets her out just in time for Bonnie to come in. Mm-hmm. Bonnie says, I need a drink and a buddy. And currently you are my only buddy available to drink because Caroline is pregnant. Yeah. You'll notice I'm overlooking the fact that you nearly killed me the last time we hung out. So thanks for that. And then she notices all the empty bottles and she says, are you out of bourbon? How's that possible? It's like, damn, what's up with you? She's like, oh, are you celebrating Julian's very timely demise? And Damon hasn't heard that Julian died. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Bonnie said, Stefan didn't tell you? Put a chair back through his heart. Damon says, oldie but a goodie. Damon says, finally, come on. Why didn't we do that weeks ago? Damon says, hope he has enough chairs to take out the rest of Julian's backup dancers. And Bonnie says, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're too debauched to even notice he's missing. Literally nobody moved. <laughs> Bonnie says, anyway, on the subject of people who've gone missing... When was the last time you spoke to Enzo? Because yesterday I got dragged into a very bad L-word rerun starring Nora and Mary Louise so we could track down Raina Cruz, a big scary huntress who, by the way, turned out to be 80 and senile, when all of a sudden Enzo shows up out of nowhere and steals her corpse. A lot of exposition there. And Damon's like, okay, a lot's happening. I just did my classic Damon thing, so I'm a little overwhelmed. Yeah, Damon said, I'm going through some stuff right now, actually. Yeah, he's like, this isn't really the best time. Bonnie sits down. And she pulls out a denim skirt from the chair she sat on. Mm-hmm. And she says, what's this? Don't tell me it belonged to Carol Lockwood. And he says, darn. So damn, that was my line. We go over to the hospital where Caroline is. Stefan is returning after killing Julian. And he says, hey, sorry it took so long to get back. But Damon, and then he realizes that Caroline's pretty darn desiccated. Like up to her neck. Like it is close (laughs) yeah and he panics and then we cut to a little later where she's obviously better her stomach is out there are surgeons there so clearly we're prepping for a c-section yeah stefan watches he hits a chair across the hallway and then valerie comes in with coffee oh my god you're still here oh i mean someone had to siphon it out of her yeah i mean i appreciate valerie for doing that at least she left her house got up off her ass yeah Valerie says, perhaps this isn't the best time to mention they ran out of cream. Ha ha. <laughs> he shouldn't be throwing a chair in a hospital. That's actually not productive. <laughs> he says, sorry. And she says, don't be. You have every right to be upset. What did you tell them? And he says, I compelled the doctors to ignore all things medicine couldn't explain. Great. He made them atheists. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You had that one ready <laughs> in the chamber. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh. I laugh. This is a nice, simple compulsion. Just anything weird, don't talk to me about it. Just ignore that. Do as much as you can within the bounds of this, okay? <laughs> Valerie says, well, I compelled a doctor to shut down this entire wing, so it's just us. I didn't want a vampire C-section to draw too much attention. Has she regained consciousness? And Stefan says, not yet. And Valerie says, well, I gave her my magic. I stopped the desiccation. And Stefan says, I knew she was sick, but I left anyway. It almost killed her. And he feels upset about this because he left Caroline alone to almost die 
for a guy who literally burned Elena. I'd be pissed too. This is unfortunate, but it's also like at this point, like she's as healthy as she can be. Like, like don't beat yourself up over this. Obviously it's horrible, but she didn't die. Don't dwell. You got to keep going, unfortunately. Valerie says, and what were you going to do? Allow Damon to get his head ripped off in a bloody fight ring? Your brother needed you. And he was like, yeah, but the fight ring was so fucking stupid is the issue. (laughs) And, you know, Stefan drops everything for Damon a lot more than Damon drops everything for Stefan. That's all I'm going to say. Stefan is always expected to be the bigger person. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. But also more people are willing to drop everything for Stefan. Like if Stefan doesn't go help Damon, no one will. Yeah. Which is not like to say that's good, that that's the reaction. But like, I do think Stefan takes on a lot more of the emotional strength and labor in their relationship that Damon is not as capable of taking care of. And Elena certainly helped lessen that load on Stefan. Yeah. And Damon never really makes apologies for that fact. Again, not to dwell on events from seasons past. We already did a little bit of that. But need I remind you that Damon killed Stefan's best friend? And Stefan was expected to forgive him because it allowed them to stay in Mystic Falls longer. And then when Stefan killed Enzo, Damon didn't make nearly at what? Actually, Damon really didn't give a fuck about Enzo. Yeah. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) Let let me shut my mouth. (laughs) My point is, is that Stefan has to fall on the sword a lot more for Damon. Mm Mm-hmm. Then Damon has to fall on the sword for Stefan. The only time Damon's actually fallen on the sword for Stefan was a couple weeks ago when he jumped in front of the sword so that he would go in the Phoenix Stone. He, he literally fell on the sword. Yeah, but then <laughs> Stefan went in the Phoenix Stone anyway, and Stefan more than made up for it this week when he let himself get marked over Damon's ass. I, I don't want to undercut the importance of Stefan taking that mark for Damon. But you're going to. But he didn't have to stand right in front of the sword. That wasn't the only option there. Well, he was trying to block Damon from getting hit by her. He didn't realize this one was going to murk him. That's true. That's true. I just, you know, let's not blame Damon for him getting hit by the sword. No, I will. (laughs) I know that's what you're going to do, but. (laughs) I'm gonna. The same way, mind you, that you blamed Stefan when Damon got put in the Phoenix sword a couple weeks ago. That was because Stefan, like, gloated to Julian and brought that sword to their door. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Damon brought the sword to their door this time. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) All of a sudden. But Stefan had more control in that situation and knew the the costs. He just didn't care about the costs. No, I don't think he did know the costs. I think he was being impulsive, which, by the way, Damon is allowed to be. Well, because Damon's the impulsive one. But that's not fair to Stefan. It's not. But I think Stefan, the issue is, the issue is, Go on, please enlighten me what the issue is. In this particular case. Okay. (laughs) So now I'm not allowed to say any other thing. Okay. (laughs) With the Phoenix sword, with Damon, again, he didn't know the gravity of this decision to bring the sword to the door. I understand that. Stefan understood, and I'm not going to say this isn't dumb. Stefan understood the level of threat that Julian was to them and still got in this situation without killing Julian. Okay. <laughs> I gotta be honest, the whole time I was saying that, the the legs are wobbly at best. Yeah, at best. <laughs> I mean, I would argue, number one, like, Julian was not much of a threat. Stefan went into that room intending to kill Julian. The fact that he couldn't do it 
is not necessarily a failing on Stefan. Whereas when Damon was fighting with Reyna, he was actively like, just kill me. I, I don't deserve anything. So Stefan was putting up more of a fight against Julian than Damon was, for one. That's true. And so Damon sacrificing himself as useful as it was, I will stand by the fact that Damon getting put in the Phoenix Stone, you can blame that pretty conclusively on Stefan based on his actions. And I hold him accountable for that. But I think the events of this week, now Damon owes Stefan a lot more because what Damon did to Stefan is a lot worse. Yeah, I agree. This is worse. And Damon not knowing that this was going to be that bad doesn't mean it's not his fault. Yeah. Like he probably would have done it differently had he known this information. But you know whose fault this all is? Whose? Alaric. In what way? Because why did he destroy this stone? That is true. If we can go back. If we go back far enough, it's Alaric's fault. I can always find a way to blame Alaric. You know, you know whose fault this is, actually? The New York Maritime Museum. What kind of security did they have there that someone could get the Phoenix Stone out? Mm-hmm. And Oscar for leaving the sword in the trunk of his car. Yeah, there's a lot of faults here. And it's it's not Damon or Stefan. But it's more Damon than Stefan. <laughs> if, if, if we have to pick one. But if we have to pick one. <laughs> Stefan says, my brother doesn't care about anyone or anything. He made that exceptionally clear yesterday. Valerie says, have you talked to anyone else about what he did to Elena? And Stefan says, the entire drive home, I was trying to figure out a way to tell Caroline, but I just couldn't find the words. And Valerie says, look, all you need to worry about right now is inside that room. Caroline's going to have the babies. Everything will be fine. All this will be over. I mean, yeah, he really can't worry about telling Caroline right now. Like, Caroline's got enough going on. Yeah, now's not the time. We go to the Lockwood house. Bonnie says, oh, I didn't quite hear that. What was that? And Damon says, her name is Crystal. Bonnie says, got it. Damon says, with a K. And Bonnie says, Crystal with a K? Sounds like pure class, with a K. Ha ha. Damon says, go ahead, let it all out, Bonnie. I'm a vile cheater. I couldn't even wait a year. And Bonnie says, are you kidding? The last thing anyone wants to deal with for six decades is a cranky, bitter, sexless Damon Salvatore. Elena would never do that to us, which is why she gave you very clear instructions to live your life. But apart from your glaring lack of standards, this isn't a bad thing. See, and this pisses Damon off even more because he's like, don't forgive me. Don't forgive me for this. Because I have something worse. <laughs> also, you won't see her in six decades. Because I burned her. Well, Bonnie was never going to see you anyway. Yeah. That's why, honestly, Bonnie is the first one he should tell. But he's scared to tell it the truth. And he's right to be scared. Because he knows they could be pissed at it. And rightfully so. And also because he came out of the Phoenix Stone and immediately tried to kill all of them. And then he did burn Elena. So, rough day out. Yeah. Damon gets a call from Enzo. And he says, I heard you got a thing for the grannies. And this is hilarious. I'm looking for Bonnie. She's not taking my calls. And Damon says, well, please. And he goes to Bonnie and he says, hey, it's for you. And Bonnie says, yeah, tell him I don't deal with shady old lady corpse stealers. And Damon says, sorry, she's busy. I need to take a message. And Enzo says, I'm looking for Raina Cruz's sword. Let's just say it's beyond urgent. Damon says he wants the sword. Bonnie says, of course he does, because shady people like shady tchotchkes not happening. Damon says, okay, did you get all that? And Enzo locks in. Enzo called asking for Bonnie. He got lucky with Damon. <laughs> exactly. Enzo says, does Bonnie know what you did to Elena? How you incinerated your true love while she slept so soundly inside her casket? Now, Damon should ask how Enzo knows this. See, I know he doesn't want to say that because then Bonnie would be like, what did he say? But he should be like, mm, where'd you get that info? Damon says nothing. So Enzo says, I'll take that as a no. Reckon that's wise. Imagine if your precious Bonnie found out you gave Elena a Viking funeral. It most certainly shatter that fragile and somewhat creepy frenemy thing you two have going on. Get the sword, bring it to me at Whitmore, or your best friend knows the truth. And he hangs up. The truth being a lie. Yeah. 
But he's obviously being threatened by Reyna, so he's got to deal with it. Yeah, he's like, well, I have this leverage. I will have to use it, unfortunately. Yeah. So Damon turns to Bonnie and says, here's the thing. I am going to need a huge favor. And Bonnie's like, I just got here. <laughs> like, I just came to sit down and have a drink. We go over to a cab. Rick says, I'm on my way to the airport now. I should be there in a few hours. He was in Dallas for a job interview, we'll remember. Mm-hmm. And Stefan says, you don't have a few hours. Caroline's stable, but the doctor needs to perform the C-section now. I'll just call the pilot and tell him to hit it into turbo. <laughs> like, like, what? What do you want me to do? I can't vampire run. Like, I'm in a cab. I, I can't change that. Take a video. Rick says, I get it. Just do what you have to do, okay? But promise me, you've got the best doctors in Virginia. They said, that's not really what we went through today. He said, well, we are at Whitmore, so whatever you quantify as best, maybe. Valerie says, just hurry back. And they hang up. In the hospital, they get ready to start the C-section. The doctor asks for a scalpel. She starts to try to cut, but the monitor goes crazy and she can't really cut into the stomach. And she says, what's happening? Someone says, doctor, are you all right? And the doctor says, what the hell was that? And then the scalpel goes flying. A bunch of the tools scatter. So Valerie and Stefan run in and Valerie says, hey, don't touch any of that. And then the heart rates return to normal. Yeah, the baby's like, see, does everybody stay calm? And we're not going to cause any drama. (laughs) We're just hanging out with our sister. Valerie says, I think the babies want to stay where they can keep feeding off Caroline as a source of magic. I don't think they want to be born. They said, we're good here. Which makes sense as a siphon. You're like, I don't know what the deal is out there. This was famously what happened to me and Grace when we were born. Grace was ready to come out and I was not. Not ready to be born. They had to cut me out. They said, get out of here. I'm just like Josie and Lizzie. We go back to St. Malo, Louisiana, 1857. Reina has followed her father and she comes upon like a group of a bunch of dead people. Her father is still alive, being talked to by a vampire. And what vampire is it? Well, it's Julian, of course. It's like, we just got rid of him. Not you again. I can't do this anymore. So Julian's talking to Reina's dad and he says, you know, I commend you for your valiant but ultimately futile effort. It's tragic you were unable to save even one of these people. Might have given your death some meaning. But alas... And then he picks up Raina's dad to kill him. And Raina says, stop. And her dad says, nope, Raina, get out of here. I've got it well in hand. Her dad's also like, I mean, this is embarrassing because I'm a supernatural hunter and I couldn't stop one of you. So that's not great for for my rep. Yeah. I'm actually looking forward to the hunter's curse at this point. Yeah. I mean, honestly, there must be something really fulfilling about being a member of the five. Like when you know you're about to be killed by a vampire Like, knowing that you will get the last laugh. Like, knowing that even if they killed you, you will win that war. Yeah. That's got to be something, like, if you're ready to die, it's like, okay, well. Fine. Kill me. See you in two minutes, bitch. (laughs) Have fun, loser. Don't worry. You'll die in a day. I've got something ready for you. Yeah. And Julian would have been easy. I mean, Julian with the Hunter's Curse, mama, suicide by morning. (laughs) Literally. He wouldn't have made it four hours. Literally. Reyna says, let my father go. And Julian says, do you know what happens to obstinate daughters who disobey their fathers? What? Why are you being like this? Were you already abusing kids at this point? Literally. Raina says, well, do you know what happens to vampires who strike down one of the Brotherhood of the Five? And Julian says, you're one of the five? Julian's like, damn, I forgot I can't see y'all's tattoos. Poor Raina's dad was probably like, damn. He said, Raina, shut up. I was going to get the last laugh. I was going to get him. 
Rainer says, if you kill him, you'll be afflicted with the hunter's curse, plagued by madness and driven to take your own life. Yeah, girl, it's much more effective if he doesn't see it coming. Yeah, and I bet she regretted sharing this information big time. Yeah. Julian says, that does create quite a conundrum. If I spare your life, then you'll never cease trying to end mine. Oh, (laughs) I have a solution. I'm not going to kill your dad. You will. And this is serve. He did eat this one little thing. This is like an amount of evil that I would like to have seen from Julian. Yeah. Targeted, manipulative. Finally, he did something cool. Took him until after he died. Yeah, literally. Turns out his actually most evil moment was before he even killed the baby and before he went insane in the stone. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. So Julian compels Reyna and says, be strong, be brave, just as your father has undoubtedly told you. He's already dying. Now it's up to you to put a swift and merciful end to his misery. And then Julian leaves. He heads out. Mm -hmm. He said, my work here is done. Reyna approaches and she's crying and she says, father. And he says, don't worry, not your fault, girl. Yeah, he's like, no, I get it. And she says, I can't stop myself. He says, yeah, I know. It's his doing, not yours. Just don't ever forget that, okay? Remember everything I taught you. Use it to carry on my legacy and know I'll be with you every step of the way. And she cries, but she does kill him. We go to, I think, Rick's office, maybe his apartment, wherever the sword is. Bonnie has the sword and Damon says, great, now we have the world's ugliest letter opener to give to Enzo. And Bonnie says, hey, now that we have this thing, I want to know what Enzo has over you. A normal question. Yeah, a great question, I think. Damon says, just doing a solid for a bud, Bon. She said, okay, be serious. Yeah, Bonnie says, actually, no, I'm the one doing the solid. You're making me and you're going to tell me why. And Damon says, leave it alone. And she says, what did you do? It couldn't be worse than whatever was wearing that jean skirt. And he's like, you joke, but it could be. He said, girl, it can be significantly worse. I promise you that. Bonnie says, fine, just don't be surprised if I leave behind a really detailed journal entry for Elena that's all about Crystal with a K. And Damon says, be my guest, because he thinks she's dead. He said, go ahead, girl. She won't read it. (laughs) Bonnie says, Damon, it's me. I'm your best friend. And when Rick heads to Dallas, I might be your only friend. Damon says, ouch. He said, well, now I certainly can't tell you that I killed your best friend. Damon says, you're right. You are my best friend, which is why I can't tell you. So I'm asking you to leave it alone. She gives him the sword. He says, thank you. They go. We go to the hospital to check in on Caroline. She's awake. And she says, what do you mean they don't want to come out? He says, I want him to come out. And Stefan says, well, Valerie says the babies want to stay where the magic is. And right now that's in your blood, which they're getting a steady stream of. So at this point, I was like, okay, let's spell something like a bowl and put it at the end of the table, which was kind of a stupid thing, but ends up being the right idea. Yeah, getting some magic outside is the right idea. Yeah. Caroline says, so what do we do? And Stefan says, well, Valerie's plan is to channel enough magic outside of your body so the babies are drawn to it. That way they don't resist when the doctor tries to pull them out. And the babies were mad when they came out and they were like, where's all the magic? What the fuck? Caroline says, it's funny, I really didn't hear one medical word in all of that. Yeah, girl, you're a vampire giving birth. Like, sorry, queen. (laughs) And she says, could someone just call Bonnie? I feel like she should be here. And Stefan says, I'll call her. I promise this will all be fine. He does not end up calling Bonnie because he gets busy. Caroline says, so where's Dr. Valerie now? And Stefan says, getting help. And she says, what do you mean? And he says, nor Mary Louise and Beau. And she says, oh, yeah, that's perfectly reasonable. Putting my life and the lives of these babies into the hands of people who tried to kill me. 
And Stefan says, I'm not going to let anything happen to you. And he doesn't, actually. We go to a Whitmore lecture hall. Damon and Bonnie come in, and Enzo is sitting in the back, in the dark, in the shadows. Which I was like, he's so silly. He's so theatrical. He didn't pick this. He did not. Bonnie says, oh, because this isn't creepy or anything. And Damon says, got your damn sword, okay? This is the part where you say thank you. Then the lights come on, and they realize that Enzo is tied to the chair. Like, comically tied. It's like... It's like a cartoon character tied to the railroad tracks. It really is. Raina comes in and says, thank you. And they turn around, and Raina is pointing, like, a crossbow or state gun at them. Mm-hmm. Damon says, hey, Enzo, remember Thanksgiving of 53? We were locked in neighboring cells, and I told you I was thankful for you through that little hole in the wall? I take that back. You know, you already left him to die in a fire. Like... <laughs> Like, let him have one time you said you were thankful for him. Literally. Enzo says, like I had a choice. Enzo's like, do I look like I have, like, a major role in this? Please. Like, come on. I was obviously tricked. I'm literally tied to a chair. You cannot blame me for this. (laughs) That's on you for just giving the sword to me so easily. By the way, to a guy who was lying. That's on you for falling for my bluff. Yeah. Bonnie says, okay, and you are? And Raina says, oh, you don't recognize me. And Bonnie says, surprising since I've seen every Hunger Games. A a joke on the crossbow, it appears. Yeah, I think so. Enzo says, Damon, Bonnie, meet Raina Cruz. And Damon says, ooh, not bad for an 80-year-old corpse. And Bonnie says, no, I saw you. You were old and sick and dead. And Raina says, I don't have time for this. Give me my sword. She said, I'm not explaining this to you. Like, you came here for a reason. Damon says, looks and manners. And he goes into, he starts to be like a little jokey jokey. But Raina immediately shoots Bonnie in the stomach. See, this is what I respect about when they're good hunters, that they don't put up with the bullshit. They're like, no, we're not doing a little fun conversation. Like, give me my fucking sword. It's not comedy hour. Yeah. Damon says, hey. (laughs) And Raina says, stop or the next one's in her temple. I don't care about you or him or her. Give me my sword. I'll be on my way. And I do agree that in this situation, there's really no reason not to give her the sword because they don't know what's going to happen and she will kill Bonnie. And frankly, what they should have done is before they got to Whitmore, either take the Phoenix Stone out and be like, we don't know where it went or find a fake Phoenix Stone. Yeah, just generally make it a little less bad. I do think the minimum could have been taking it out and hiding the Phoenix Stone and being like, we don't have that. Yeah, I think they should have done something because they knew that Enzo wanted the sword and they know that Enzo is the last person who had Reina Cruz. I think they need to be able to connect the dots. And this is as much on Bonnie as it is on Damon. In fact, even more so because Bonnie knows more about Reina Cruz than Damon does. Yeah, I think Bonnie needs to be like, we need to do something to separate this. Yeah, I think that's what they should have done. Damon says, oh, you want your sword? Go fetch. And he throws it through a window outside and he goes to help Bonnie and Reina leaves. She's like, yeah, okay, that's enough for me. And Enzo has to dodge the sword. He's like, excuse me. There were other windows. We go back to St. Malo, Louisiana, in 1857. Reina is in the middle of a circle of what we can assume, based on context clues, are shamans. Mm-hmm. And there's one shaman right in front of her. The main shaman in front of her says, <laughs> hear me, great spirit, hear me. We call upon you in this moment of need. We bring you an offering, a woman who desires justice for herself, for a tribe and he says drink and she drinks the thing in front of her no questions asked (laughs) she says okay and he says she drinks the tea of protection so she may be strong 
and so magic may not touch her. Everyone should be drinking the tea of protection, I guess. Give me some of that. The shaman nods, and all the shamans around him pick up knives, and the main shaman says, she accepts our singular lives so that she may have many. And she says, hold on now. She says, mm, that doesn't sound great. And then all the shamans in the circle stab themselves, and they all fall over and appear to die. Yeah. And she says, uh, I didn't ask for anyone to die. What did you think you were doing here? It's like, what did you think was going to happen, honestly? She said, I just wanted the tea of protection. <laughs> we didn't all need to die. <laughs> the main shaman says, oh, don't worry. They're not dead. They live on within you. And she says, oh. That still sounds like they died, though. He takes out the sword, and it still has the clear stone in it. And he says, okay, now for the final step. And she takes the sword. And he says, she wields a weapon of judgment, one that thirsts for the blood of those that prey upon us. Link her spirit with this sword. And that makes the stone turn red. Because I was like, all these guys just died. Okay, they died and we're going to put the blood in the sword and I'm going to be right after all. No, it's a spirit. Still not the bloodstone. <laughs> Still Phoenix Stone. The main shaman says, when this blade draws blood from a vampire, it will connect you. It will guide you. It will aid you in their destruction. And then he grabs his own dagger and she says, wait, I see what's happening. And he says, avenge your father avenge us all and then he stabs himself and he dies too and it is you know the phoenix stone does seem to be a kind of a growth of the hunter's curse in a way so this does make sense yeah and she holds the sword and all the dead people around her just like, okay that's life now so okay well guess i'll go guess i'll be alive for some time <laughs> then we cut over to england 1903 Julian, Bo, Nora, and Mary Louise are all leaving like a burr. Bo is singing, which we know him to like to do. Mm -hmm. And Julian says, what is keeping the others? And Mary Louise says, no doubt, still cleaning up what's left of that burr maid. Someone needs to be more discreet. Bo hits a high note, and then he gets stabbed in the neck. And he starts coughing up blood, and he falls. So Raina Cruz, not a Bo fan. Not a fan of Bo because she could have stabbed him in the heart and put him in the Phoenix Stone. No, she said, you're not going to be singing again, bitch. She said, shut the hell up. See, and I this whole time, even though the scar is on his neck, I was like, oh, he's mute because he's like so traumatized from the stone. Like, no, his vocal cords don't work, you fucking idiot. <laughs> she cut his vocal cords. <laughs> like, classic. And when he falls, we get a reveal of Reyna. Now, Reyna in 1903 is wearing a black dress, black net over her face, top hat. Try not to say mother challenge failed. It's giving Jack the Ripper in a sexy way, unfortunately. It's good stuff. Julian runs to her and throws her in a pile of trash. Fair enough. He's like, God, I hope she had a baby in there. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> they go to check on Bo. Mary Louise says, you're going to be all right. And she says, actually, he is not healing. It's like, uh, that's weird. Julian says, OK, we got to get away from here. Tell Lily to book passage to New York Harbor immediately. The ship sails tonight. And Mary Louise says, hey, Julian, you're bleeding. And he's like, no, that's just a scratch. Like, let's move now. And so while Raina is passed out, they run away. She wakes up. We go to the present at Whitmore. Raina finds her sword and she grabs it. And she's strutting as she does. Yes, she's got heeled boots on. It's worth noting. Lace up. Cool. We go back to the hospital. Mary Louise, Nora, Bo, and Valerie, they're all around Caroline doing a spell. Bo's mouthing along. He ain't saying shit. The heart beats are looking good on the monitor. 
Stefan is on the phone with Rick, who is still in the damn cab to the airport. Like, where the fuck were you? Longest cab ride of his life. <laughs> Rick says, what do you mean she's surrounded by heretics? You said you were taking care of her. And Stefan says, yeah, trust me, every possible way you're second guessing me right now, I've already done it. This is our best chance. Stefan's like, you really don't have any room to ask questions because none of us know what's going on. Like, this is the first time a vampire has given birth, maybe ever. Yeah, so like, let me just deal with this. Yeah. Rick says, hey, listen, I know this is totally crazy and not what anyone expected or asked for, but what Caroline is doing for me, I'm getting to have the family I thought I lost forever. Like, please make sure nothing happens to them. Oh, no, I was going to let the babies die. So it's a good thing you said that to me. Yeah. And again, I think this speaks to like all of this pressure is on Stefan this week. Yeah. He's like meant to shoulder all this pressure, even though they're not his babies. And he's doing all this work. And then Damon has to deal with his little bullshit, too. Because Stefan is shouldering the babies, bringing the heretics in, keeping Alaric confident, keeping Caroline comfortable. And then he has to also watch out for Damon. And he also has to deal with being out of the Phoenix Stone himself, which he has mostly passed. And he still found the time to kill Julian. I think he should have found that time sooner, don't get me wrong. Yeah, before his calendar filled up so much. In the room, the spell continues, and the doctor gets a scalpel. She says the vitals are steady. She makes the incision, and it looks okay. The incision doesn't heal. We can assume that's part of the spell. Sure. We can't get into supernatural healing with a C-section. That we can't touch. We've got too much other stuff going on. Yeah. Stefan says, oh, I think it's working. And Rick is relieved. But then Bo's scar opens, Mm -hmm. and he coughs. And Nora says, oh, my God, Bo. And Valerie says, it's his scar. He runs away. They all follow. They all stop the spell. They all leave. And Stefan's like, excuse me? Stefan's like, hey. Hey, they just cut her open. He's like, a C-section needs to actually finish with the babies coming out, guys. Yeah. We go over to Whitmore. Bonnie drinks some of Damon's blood. And she says, you didn't hesitate for one second, let alone three. Thank you. It's because he thinks Elena's dead. Even though that's probably not, like, subconsciously why he did it. Like, he probably was just saving her. But, like, he has to be faced with, like, oh, because it actually doesn't matter if you die anymore. Yeah. Damon says, of course. And Enzo says, hey, we all good? If so, I could use a little help with these ropes. Yeah, he's like, I'm still tied up back here. And, Bonnie, I felt like we were kind of vibing. So I feel like you at least want me out. He said, don't vibe down there with Damon. He said, no, he left me in a fire. He's not good. Damon says, do you hear someone talking? And Bonnie says, I think I hear something. A low drone. Sounds like a traitor. And Enzo says, yes, right, a traitor. That explains why I'm vervain to a theater seat. He's like, again, in what world am I the mastermind of this? Yeah, do I look (laughs) like... (laughs) Bonnie's phone rings and she says, oh, Nora. And Nora says, hey, did you let Raina get the Phoenix sword? She's like, literally just now, yeah. (laughs) Bonnie says, well, I didn't let her, uh, but how did you know? (laughs) And Nora says, Bo's scar opened up, which means she's coming for him and she'll never stop coming for him. And once she kills him, she'll go after every other vampire in her path. And and unfortunately, she only had to go from Whitmore to the Whitmore Hospital. So it was pretty quick commute. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Bonnie says, hey, calm down. Where are you? And Nora says, the hospital with your friend helping deliver her babies. And Bonnie says, wait, what? Bonnie says, who was going to tell me that? (laughs) And Nora says, we're all in danger, Bonnie. Bo's scar is the merc from her sword, and it will lead Raina Cruz right to him. 
Once you've been marked, she'll chase you to the ends of the earth until your soul is back in that stone. Once she gets Bo, she'll go after every other vampire in her path. And right now, this hospital is full of them. Stefan hears this and he looks at Caroline, who's knocked out in a bed. So he is freaked. And again, Stefan's already mad at Damon. So he's less willing to be kind to him in this instance. Yeah, he's already mad. And then Damon has further complicated this horrible day that he's having. Exactly. Inside the hospital room, the heart monitor, you know, it starts to go off again. It starts to go crazy. And the doctor says, all right, start her on atropine. And they do, you know, they do some medical stuff. In another room, Mary Louise and Nora are with Bo. And Nora says, don't despair. We'll get away from here. And Stefan says, um, Bo's the one who's marked. Why doesn't he just go? Yeah. He's like, just <laughs> send him alone. <laughs> Which, unfortunately, is that's what Stefan does at the end of the episode. He's the one who gets marked. He goes alone. Yeah. He said, see, I stand by what I said. Yeah. Mary Louise says, and leave him to be hunted alone. We have to protect each other. We stay together. See, unfortunately, if you had just let him start moving, maybe this would have ended differently. Yeah, exactly. Stefan says, yeah, sorry, but I can't let you leave. Also, Bo could start going and they could catch up with him. Yeah. Because Bo's dilly-dallying a little bit. All love to Bo. Yeah, but Bo's in the most danger. Like, he should get moving. Nora also could have been served to say, like, hey, now that I know that you gave Raina the sword, can I ask where you are? Yeah. And also, like, Nora or Mary Louise could be like, look, I'll go with Bo. You catch up with us later. Yeah. Like, someone had to be more decisive here. Yeah, someone needed to make a call. Unfortunately, Stefan's the most decisive, and he's like, no, don't go. And they're not cool with that. Yeah. Mary Louise says, look, you love Caroline, and you don't want her to die. I understand, because that is the way I feel about Nora, and she will. We all will if you do not get out of our way. And Bo's like, you don't care if I die? <laughs> <laughs> Stefan says, hey, stay and I'll do everything I can to protect you from this woman. Which I just think is a funny line. <laughs> and the way he says it is kind of funny. Mary Louise says, you don't stand a chance against her. None of us do. And Valerie says, she's right. You have to let them go. Whose side are you fucking on? <laughs> she says, they can take Bo and draw Raina away from us. The doctors are nearly finished. I'll do what I can on my own. The doctors are not nearly finished. They take a bunch longer to do this. It's like the longest C-section history of the world. Yeah. And also, like, even if they are nearly finished, like, Valerie, get in there while they decide this. Yeah. Like, someone has to keep the spell going. Literally. Nora says, you can't stay here. Come with us. And Valerie says, these babies deserve a chance. I could give that to them. This is the closure of her baby story, I guess. Yeah. Nora says, they could drain you, Val. You could die. Here's hoping. If only. Valerie says, I have to try. So Bo, Nora, and Mary Louise go, and Valerie says to Bo, you know, remember, never stop running, not for a moment. Now, to hear that advice, he had to stop running. Yeah, he, he stood and had to listen, but it won't be the last time he stops running, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. Valerie goes into the hospital room. She starts the spell again. The heart monitor goes back to normal. The desiccation goes away. All is looking good. And then Stefan gets a call from the last person he wants to hear from right now, which is Damon. Mm -hmm. And Stefan says, kind of a bad time. And instead of Damon being like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. How can I help you? Uh, Damon says, yeah, it's going to get a lot worse. Well, Damon's warning him. He's not like, I know, I know, to see how I, he's know. Doing. I know. <laughs> Damon says, Hottie Huntress has the sword. She's coming right for you. Stefan says, yeah, heard you were the one who gave it to her. Impeccable timing, considering Caroline literally couldn't be any more helpless right now. And Damon's like, well, who told you that? <laughs> Damon says, I'm working on it. Stefan says, don't bother. Just sit there and do nothing before you find a way to make this an even bigger problem. And he hangs up. 
And this whole time, he's been on speaker in the car with Bonnie. Yeah. And so Bonnie says, what's he talking about? What's going on? Like, what don't I know? Why is he so mad at you? Yeah, Bonnie's like, he seems pretty pissed. So what exactly happened? Particularly because recently, Stefan's struggle with Damon was like, I need to accept my brother. He's what I have. So to go from that to this angry, he had to do something pretty bad. There had to be a reason. Damon says, I screwed up bad, Bonnie. I got to make it right. He doesn't specify anything else. Yeah, He's like, that's all I'm going to say. We go back over to the hospital, outside the hospital, I should say. Nora, Mary Louise, and Bo get outside. And they're discussing. No one's vampire running, mind you. They're all just walking. Go steal a car. Discuss it after. Yeah. Mary Louise says we can make it to Richmond. From there, we can fly as far from here as possible. It must be easier to run when you can fly. But I guess it's easier for Raina to chase you, too. She has to get on her own plane. That's a whole thing. She can't compel. She can't compel her way onto a plane. That's true. I bet she could threaten her way on, but the TSA might get you. And you got to check a bag because you can't bring the sword in your carry-on. And if you lose your bag, it's a whole thing. I wonder if she's hunted post 9-11 yet. That's true. That's a good question. She might walk to an airport and try to walk to a gate and they're like, um, no, you have to go through security. That had to slow her down significantly. And she was like, what? She was probably detained for a while. Yeah. On her first flight. Anyway, airport baloney. Nora says, we'll keep moving just like we did before. So we go back to 1903 to see what they did before. Mm -hmm. They're all like prepping a carriage. Bo's got his wound still. And Julian says, okay, hurry. Lily will have secured us passage by now. And Nora says, I'm not going all the way across the ocean in a pine box. That's where I draw the line right now. I know Bo's bleeding out over there, but I'm not getting in the box. Julian says, then you can stay here and be buried in one. Julian says, whilst these accommodations may not be the grandest, they have the benefit of being the least conspicuous. Then they hear the sound of scraping metal. So they're like, okay, well, that doesn't matter anymore. Um, Nora says she is here. And we can see Raina walk up. She's dragging her sword on the sidewalk. It's sparking a little bit. It's very served. Yeah, this is a cool move and a cool sound cue to have for her coming up. It's like very suspenseful, creepy. Mm Mm-hmm. Raina says, I don't know what hell awaits you inside this stone, but it cannot be worse than the one you have put me through. Julian runs to fight her. She tosses him this time. He gets a stake out of his leg and stakes her, and she falls. He runs to the carriage while he pulls out the stake, and he says, get us away from here. And Raina throws the sword into Julian's body from a distance. We can see his soul like go into the Phoenix Stone. It's a direct hit. Yes, and then Nora gets the carriage going and they run away with the sword in Julian's body, which brings us to how they got on the boat to New York and how the Phoenix Stone fell in the ocean. So Reyna was like, okay, I guess I'll just hang out for a bit. Yeah, (laughs) I don't have my sword. That's one lifetime kind of down the drain. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) She's just hanging out. Sorry to that guy whose life I took. We go back outside the hospital. Reyna stabs Bo with the sword in like the chest from behind he falls Nora says no and we can see Bo's spirit go into the phoenix stone Mm -hmm. and Nora and Mary Louise vampire run off absolutely yeah that's the right reaction like you can't do anything for him now so Raina stabs an ambulance to let gasoline onto the ground and then she scratches her sword to create a spark so the gasoline catches fire and it burns Bo and she goes in the hospital very slay very iconic yeah, very sick kill. Good job, Queen. Even though I wish it wasn't Bo, but I get it. I get you had to do it. Yes, I get that of the heretics we have left, 
Bo is the next one to go, clearly. Yeah. And frankly, it's time to start thinning that hair to curd. Yeah, exactly. In the hospital room, Valerie continues her spell, and Stefan comes in and holds Caroline's hand to go, like, inside her mind. In her mind, they are, like, in front of a greenhouse, and he puts a shawl over her, and she says, such the gentleman. Where are we? (laughs) And he says, oh, we're under the stars enjoying each other's company. And she says, are you in my head? She said, now wait a second. (laughs) (laughs) He says, yeah, technically I am in your head, but symbolically we're on a date. Will you pass me the fries, please? And then he hands her a burger and says, this one is yours, extra pickles. A woman of taste, as usual. What else is new? She says, you're trying to distract me, aren't you? Is everything okay? Is something going wrong with... And he says, no, no, everything's fine. Which is the right thing to say. Why bother telling her? This is a true type A bitch. She's in the dream. She's like, no, something's up. Yeah, I'm getting to the bottom of this. I, I won't let my brain rest. <laughs> Stefan says, I just figured you've had two lives inside of you for months. Lives you didn't ask for. Lives that'll change Rick's entire future. So the least I can do is keep you company for a little while. That's all. And they smile. She says, thank you. And this is a really cute sterile moment. <laughs> because even though Stefan is going through all of this, he takes the time to care for Caroline. No one else is doing that. And he wasn't even doing that a couple weeks ago. I know, but now he is. But now he is. <laughs> so that's in the past. Don't live in the past. Don't live in the past, <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> Me after saying, well, Damien killed seven best friends. <laughs> and he killed Jeremy. <laughs> oh, well, Miss Wickery Bridge over there. So, But you bring up Jeremy so much and you don't even fuck with Jeremy. Like, I like Jeremy. <laughs> so I'm allowed to say it. Well, now I have this. Now, every time we have something to say about Damien, I'm like, he burned Elena. In his mind. In his mind. You can't catch me. <laughs> you can't refute me. Well, Stefan let Damon die in his mind. That was in hell. You can't you can't count anything in hell. Why? It's in his mind. Damon killed women. So did Stefan. Well, yeah, but Stefan's tortured. <laughs> Damon's tortured. But Stefan's tortured in a much more endearing way to me. He's tortured in a, a little wah-wah way. Damon's tortured in a I have a tough exterior, but I'm jelly inside way. Oh, Damon, I want my mommy, Salvatore? He didn't say that until so he was in hell. Stefan was saying that. Not even provoked. Oh, excuse him being in touch with his emotions. Oh, so now that's in touch with his emotions. You just used it against Damon. Well, it's different when Stefan does it. <laughs> sure. I'm never going to beat the Stefan Salvatore Stan allegations. And you wouldn't try. And I'm never going to beat the Damon to. Stan allegations. I'm actively fanning the flame of those allegations. You can never make me hate Stefan Salvatore. Never. You can never make me hate Damon. I don't hate Damon either. You know who you can actually never make me hate is Enzo. Enzo, I'm defending to my death. Yeah, no matter what he does. It's like, well, in the sense that... (laughs) Like, Damon, I can admit when he's wrong sometimes. Yeah. It just doesn't happen very often. Enzo, he's never been wrong. That's that's just incorrect, but that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) The monitor still looks fine in the hospital while he holds your hand. Outside the hospital, Damon and Bonnie roll up. Bo's body is charred and smoking, but the fire's out. It's over for Bo. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's dark. He's definitely dead. Yeah. Bonnie says she's here. And they get out. We go into the hospital. Raina's walking in the hallway and she hears a noise and Damon is in the hallway. We go into the hospital room. Valerie continues the spell and Bonnie comes in and says, oh, how is she? And Stefan says, oh, shoot, I was going to call you. Stefan's like, oh, that reminds me. (laughs) Stefan says they're about to get the babies out. What's wrong? And Bonnie says, Bo didn't get away. Let's move out of Valerie's earshot before we say that. (laughs) 
Yeah, let's not say that in front of Valerie. Let's save that for later. So Valerie stops her spell and says, no, that's not possible. <laughs> Girl, well, it. <laughs> I mean, it is. Unfortunately, it is possible. I'm not saying I'm happy with it, but it did happen. And Valerie says, well, what about the others? And Bonnie says, yeah, I don't know what happened to the others, but I think Raina's inside this hospital. And Stefan says, where's Damon? Like the selfless king he is. We got to the hallway. Damon is talking to Raina and he says, you know, you look a lot like my girlfriend and her three doppelgangers. This line confounds me because number one, like in a way, sure. I mean, she's brunette and skinny and pretty. Yeah, but not enough that I would like say it, particularly in the sense that the doppelgangers look exactly alike because they're all played by Nina Dobrev. So to say someone kind of looks like them, it's like, that's not really remarkable because they're people who look exactly like them. So then it makes me think like, were originally they going to have like a Huntress plot line and it was going to be Nina Dobrev? And this is like an Easter egg to it. But then what's the point of that? Yeah, I don't know. When I first heard this line, I remember because I was, you know, I was binging this show when I first watched it and season seven is bad. So, you know, I wasn't paying as close attention. Yeah, you were going in and out. But I heard that and I looked up and I was like, what? You said, let me see her. I said, let me get her closer because I wouldn't have said that. Yeah. This line just every time I hear it, it confounds me. I I don't know why he said that. (laughs) So Damon goes to fight her. We go back to the hospital room. The lights flicker. And Bonnie says also, you know, not to make things worse, but my magic does not work on her. And I don't think Damon can take her alone. So Stefan, you have to go. And Stefan says, what are you talking about? I'm not going to leave Caroline. And unfortunately, in the situation, he's kind of the one that should go. Unfortunately, Stefan is kind of the only one who can go. But as Caroline says later, it is fucked up that it always has to be him. It is. And Bonnie says, you know, I'll stay and help Valerie. Damon needs you. And actually, Bonnie would be more useful here. I think Bonnie also, because she doesn't know what Damon did. She's like, you need to suck it up and go help your brother. Exactly. Like, he clearly needs someone. Which, again, it's not fair because Stefan needs someone too. But Bonnie is like, I'm sorry. Someone has to take care of him. And it can't be me right now. Because I don't know what he did. And she's like, you two can't fight because like, we can't deal with this right now. Or we passed the Stefan and Damon stuff. And it's like, no, girl. When she's very much like, he clearly needs your forgiveness. Like, me going is not as helpful as you going. Yeah. And I mean, she can't do magic. So honestly, she won't be helpful with Reyna. Yeah, exactly. Except talking to her. But like, she knows that Reyna will kill her to make a point based on earlier. Yeah. So sorry, Stefan. But it does suck that Stefan's like, I'm trying to be here for Caroline. All of you people get a front seat in front of me and Caroline. Yeah. Because you guys gave her the sword without thinking. Which, again, minimizes what happened. But it's not fair to Stefan, for sure. Yeah. He's like, oh, Damon gets to kill Elena. Now I still have to protect everyone. And he's not going to tell anyone because he's not that kind of person. Yeah. Stefan says, I don't care what Damon needs. Me when I lie. (laughs) Bonnie says, I don't know what he did to make you hate him. But he is so determined to make things right. He's going to get himself killed. Do you honestly think I'd do anything to put Caroline at risk? We go out to the hallway. Damon and Raina fight more. He kicks the sword away. She grabs it. They fight. Whatever. We go back to the room and Rick arrives. And he's like, hey, what's going on here? And now with Rick there, really, like, Stefan does need to go because the dad of the babies is there, too. Like, it's like, at this point, sorry, Stefan. It's your turn. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. Bonnie says, Stefan, go. We can take it from here. Stefan goes, even though he doesn't want to. There's more fighting in the hallway. There's more spell in the hospital room. Rick says, how are we doing? And the doctor says, almost there. The doctor's like, I don't know who the fuck you are. 
<laughs> you just showed up out in the hallway. Damon is hurt and Raina grabs her sword. It looks like she's about to overpower him. And Damon says, you want to send me back to hell? Let me tell you something, lady. I'm already there. And she's like, okay, I'll put you back in the stone anyway. Yeah. Sorry, you're having such a hard day. But then Stefan Vampire runs in front of the sword and he gets stabbed in the upper shoulder or in the, you know, upper chest near the shoulder area. It's the area we know his ex skirt to be in the time jump. Yes. And he doesn't go into the stone. So I think we can assume, based on Bo earlier and Stefan here, that you can be murked by the sword, but it has to be through the hurt to go in the stone. Yes. But I think it only murks if she uses it. Yes. So Stefan gets murked. And Damon says, Stefan. Stefan kicks Reyna and the sword away from him. And he's freaked out. And we get a little Steriline highlight reel, Mm -hmm. which is so happy at first. And then we realize why we're getting that highlight reel. Yeah. And it's because we get the information reminded, like, once you're marked, he'll be chased to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. So Stefan looks at Damon, he looks at his scar, and he says, I'll see you, brother. And he vampire runs away. Because mm-hmm. he's the one who's marked, so he goes, because he's selfless. Yeah, because he has to run. Here's what I will say. Bo's scar opened up. Nora and Mary Louise immediately said, we know you have to run, we'll go with you. We don't want you to run alone. Stefan gets a scar. Damon just sits there. Damon does not run with his brother. I think he's overwhelmed and feeling guilty. Maybe so. And he probably thinks Stefan doesn't want him to go with him. Sure. I'm sure he thinks that. But I'm just saying he made that decision to let Stefan run off alone. I don't think that's fair. Mary Louise and Nora have a much better understanding of the Merc and what this means. And I think Damon feels guilty and is paralyzed by that guilt. Stefan's done that before many times. Sure. Actually, when has Stefan done that? Who's paralyzed by guilt. And that's what led him to go to Savannah and cut ties with everyone. And I know you're going to say, how can he be paralyzed if he went all the way to Savannah? I know you're going to try that. But it's the same kind of thing is he cuts off people because he feels guilty. He went to Savannah to get away from people. Damon feels guilty. He doesn't want to burden Stefan with that. Same thing. I disagree. Because Stefan wasn't paralyzed with guilt. And that's why he went to Savannah. He was so hurt by losing his brother, Mm -hmm. that he was like, I don't deserve love in my life. Or at least I don't deserve love from these people who are in my family. It wasn't paralyzed with guilt. It was paralyzed with sadness. Still paralyzed. I think Damon is in this place where he told Stefan he killed Elena. Stefan is clearly like, I want to cut ties with my brother, which is not true. But of course, Damon has to take that at face value because he said that. And so then, of course, he's like, great. Stefan is probably so happy he gets to leave me now. That, I don't think that's true because, okay, I, it took me a second to come up with it, but I've got it now. <laughs> Good. Stefan spent the whole last few weeks post Phoenix Stone saying, like, I know I would be happier if I abandoned you, Damon, but I'm not going to do that. I would never do that to you. Well, maybe Damon thinks he finally pushed him far enough to abandon him. That is such a Damon thing to think is that he he always thinks that he can just push Stefan far enough. Here's the thing is that Stefan has always come back for Damon and Stefan has always been way more forgiving than Damon. He always comes back, but he leaves for long periods of time in between them. So Damon's like, okay, I guess without Elena, it's time for one of those periods where we don't see each other again. But Damon is usually the one who leaves Stefan. So maybe he's like, I finally pushed him far enough to leave me. I think it's asking a lot of Damon to know how angry Stefan is and then watch Stefan get hurt by him again and then be like, hey, can I come with you? 
because imagine you're Damon and all this happens. Stefan is so mad at you. Stefan risks his life for you and says, Stefan, let me come with you. And Stefan turns to Damon and says, I don't want you to come with me. I hate you. Isn't he a glutton for punishment? Like you said, don't you, didn't you say he wants people to push him away? And also the alternative, he has two choices here, essentially, is he could go with Stefan and protect him. We can be here and stick around and tell everyone he killed Elena. Wouldn't he rather go with Stefan? I think he feels a deep guilt for what happened and he does not want to have to face Stefan right away. Sure. I think that some people should have dropped everything to go on the run with Stefan. And I think Damon is the most able to do that. I think people should have offered. And, you know, I know Caroline just gave birth, but I think she's the one who would do it. I think Damon does not think Stefan would let him come on the run with him. I don't think it's about let. I think it's about protecting. But Stefan would have to let him in the car. He might have to let him in the car, but Damon could be in a car behind Stefan's car whether or not Stefan wants that. I think that's expecting Damon to... To be selfless? No, not even selfless. To think he deserves to be with Stefan for this. He thinks that him being in anyone's life is the worst case scenario. So he, out of respect for Stefan, is like, I'm not going to make your life worse by tagging along on this and dragging you down. Okay. Sure, let's let's say for the sake of argument that that's right. So when he finds out Elena's alive, why doesn't he go? We don't know he is he hasn't done that yet. Well, he basically says he's going to stay on and kill Raina. He's not doing that. Okay, well, so he kills Raina so he can, so Stefan can come back. Sure. Cuz Stefan would prefer to come back than run forever. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> How? I'm just on my anti-Damonish. I yeah, I just think you're mad at Damon. I am. You're being a little a little mean. Maybe so. You've been mean to Stefan in the past. Only when he deserved it. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> in my mind. In my mind. <laughs> we go back to the room. The spell continues. And the doctor says, okay, the first baby's ready. And the baby's out. And then the doctor says, okay, now for baby number two. And the baby comes out. Rick holds one of them. And Bonnie says, is she okay? And Rick says, yeah, she's okay. They're both okay. We get a shot of the baby the most relaxed baby I've ever seen. This baby is full up on magic. Yeah, this baby got a lot of magic from Caroline's blood. And we see the other baby too. It's the same thing. These babies are blissed out. Yeah, they love it. And they came out into a world that they thought has a bunch of magic in it. And then the magic's all going to be gone. They're like, hey. Yeah, they got all the magic out of the air. And they're like, wait a second. <laughs> As you all know, listeners, me and Stephanie are twins. And I'm older than Stephanie. So I did look to see which of these twins is older. Okay, I was curious. If you can believe it, there's not an official answer. Oh. I went on Reddit and I didn't see anything. Like on Reddit, someone said, well, Josie was named first, so we can imagine she was born first. But, and I don't want to, I don't want to make any assumptions, but as someone who has seen legacies, Mm -hmm. it seems that in the characterizations that they make Lizzie seem older. Okay, interesting. I don't think that's a spoiler to say anything. Yeah, that's pretty vague. But I would assume based on what I know that Lizzie would be older, but there's not an answer. Their birthday, if you care, is March 15th, 2014. Interesting. Ides of March. No wonder they were trying to get at that scalpel. (laughs) The point is, is it's unclear which one is older officially. I was hoping I'd know so I could decide which one I was. Do you want to know which one I was hoping was younger? Because I'm the younger twin. Yeah. Josie. I like the name better. Well, I will say, and again, I don't want to talk too much about legacies, 
Those of you who know Legacies, it will surprise none of you to know that I'm a Lizzie stan, first and foremost. That's my girl. And Stephanie, I do believe you will be a Josie stan. Okay. Um, so we can say that I'm Lizzie and you're Josie. Of course, you have all the information going into that. I don't. No, I think you'll be very happy with that. And I think me being a Lizzie stan and relating to Lizzie is as much a self-own as anything. Okay. It can be a dig on myself, all the love in the world to Lizzie. That's my bitch. You're never going to hear me say shit about Lizzie. And I do want to make it clear I love Josie, too. I don't know if I've ever said this to you, Stephanie. But for those of you on mic, I have a deep fondness for legacies. You're never going to hear me say shit about legacies. And we'll get there when we get there. Some people don't like legacies, particularly, you know, as it relates to the Vampire Diaries universe. And I think some of their complaints are warranted. You'll never hear me say shit about legacies. I love legacies. All I know is they had a film noir episode, which... Since that's a pretty little liar's thing to do, I have to stand. What makes you know that? You told me that. No, I didn't. Yes, you absolutely did. No, I didn't. Did I? Yes, you absolutely. How else would I know that? Anyway, welcome to the world, <laughs> Josie and Lizzie. We go back to the Whitmore Lecture Hall. Enzo is still tied to the chair, but now Damon's there sitting with him. Finally, someone got, went to check on Enzo. And Enzo says, hey, are you going to untie me? He says, and if you say no, I do have good news for you. Yeah, That's the good thing. Enzo does have that in his back pocket to get out. Mm-hmm. Damon says, tempting. The ropes make it easier to kill you. And Enzo says, you're going to kill me. Look, mate, I assure you, giving Raina the Phoenix Sword was not on my list of things to do today. He wasn't tied up when he was on the phone early in the episode. It's unclear if he wanted the sword before or after Raina got a hold of him. I think he probably wanted to get away from Raina and then Raina caught up to him. Well, yeah, and it's clear he didn't want Raina out. Yes. Based off her breaking out of the glass door. Of wherever they were. Yeah. Damon says, you know what was on my list of things to do today? Buy more bourbon. That was it. That was the most stressful part of my day. And then you blackmailed me and screwed me into this scavenger hunt. And now my brother is paying the price. Ah, sure. Let's blame Enzo for this, Damon. Don't take any responsibility. He's not ready for that. I know. And Enzo is kind of his punching bag, unfortunately. I know. That's unfortunate for Enzo. Which Enzo is like kind of cool with because at least he has a friend. And Enzo's like, whatever, just untie me. <laughs> yeah, Enzo's like, I really don't give a fuck what you say about me. I'm already weak. <laughs> and Enzo doesn't give a fuck that Stefan's on the run. Yeah. He's like, finally, that dude's out of the way. Now I can finally have a friend. Enzo says, Reyna gave me no choice. And Damon says, that's an interesting notion. Tell you what, why don't we let fate decide what happens? Heads you live, tails you don't. And he flips the coin before he can reveal what the coin flip results were. Enzo says, okay, Elena's alive. Enzo says, fine, (laughs) I'll say it. Damon says, no, she's not. I watched her burn with my own eyes. And Enzo says, you know, I kind of feel like I wouldn't have to say this, but you weren't of sound mind. You were hallucinating. You saw what you wanted to see. Enzo's like, you know you weren't doing good that day. Did you think Henry was really there too? Yeah, you saw Henry and then you saw someone else in the coffin. What exactly makes you think one of those was more real than the other? Yeah. Damon says, really? And Enzo says, Tyler thought it best to have an empty decoy coffin. Tyler Lockwood, you got it that that time. You did something smart. Tyler Lockwood, I've been defending you from some stuff. Not everything, because you are pretty stupid. But this one, thank you, King. I feel like this was a Jeremy idea that Tyler is taking credit for. I'm sure this wasn't only Tyler's idea, but this is a good idea to have a decoy coffin because honestly, you've met Damon. You know he's going to ask to see Elena. And even though he says, like, don't let me do it, you know he'll push back to the point that he's going to threaten to kill you. So you will need to go somewhere. 
Yeah, you know he's going to do this when he's in a bad place, too. I said this when we went to him. Like, how do they not have a decoy? And it's because they did. And it's because they did. Thank you, Tyler. Damon says, so now you and Tyler are a dynamic duo? Man, I wish. I wish Enzo had a best friend. Enzo and Tyler, you know what I'm going to say? Bonjour. (laughs) Absolutely. Enzo says, let's just say we have mutual friends who have the real coffin and the real Elena. Damon says, take me to her. We're not falling for that again, Damon. What, so you can really burn her? Damon, last time you thought you saw her, you burned the coffin. So no, you're not going. Enzo says, she's in New York where my friends are keeping her very safe and very much alive. Damon is relieved. Yeah, because he's like, okay, thank God. This is the jammy situation all over again. I didn't actually kill a Gilbert. Needed this. (laughs) Killing myself? Postponed. (laughs) We go back to the hospital room. Caroline wakes up and Bonnie is there. And Caroline says, what happened? Are are the babies out? Are they okay? And Bonnie says, everything's fine. The babies are healthy. They're with Alaric. He took them to the nursery to get them checked up. Caroline says, they're okay. And Bonnie says, they're better than that. They're beautiful. And Caroline says, okay, follow up question. Where is my lovely boyfriend, Stefan? What happened? We go out to a car. Stefan is driving by himself. Because he's taking the running away seriously, unlike Bo. Yeah, unlike Bo, he actually hit the road immediately. Stefan takes a call, and Damon says, hey, where are you? Stefan says, not where I'm supposed to be, with my girlfriend who just gave birth. Instead, I'm running from a hunter who won't stop chasing me till she's put down. Why did you hand over that sword, Damon? You can't blame him for being mad, although I do agree. Damon didn't know the repercussions, but you cannot blame Stefan for being mad because it's affecting Stefan. Yes, you can't blame Stefan for being mad of like, how did it get to this? Like, how did I end up with this Merc? Also, after you killed Elena, because he's, you know, in his mind, Elena's still dead. Yes, in his mind. (laughs) In his mind. And Damon doesn't really come up with any excuses for any of the events that happened today. Because he doesn't have any. (laughs) Because he doesn't, yeah. And so Damon instead does say like, well, I do have a spot of good news. Elena is alive. He's like, I have to lead with this because I know I've got nothing else positive to give you right now. And Stefan says, what are you talking about? And Damon says, it's a long story with a hell of a punchline. No, it's not. Decoy empty coffin. It's a three word story. Decoy empty coffin hallucinating. Forward. And also, what's the punchline? The punchline is she's alive. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hysterical. (laughs) I was just kidding when I said I killed her. I didn't know I was kidding, but I was. Damon says, I didn't kill her, Stefan. She's alive. Congratulations. You didn't kill the love of your life. Yay. Woohoo. Stefan is relieved. And Damon says, I got a second chance, brother, and I will fix this. I will kill that huntress with my bare hands if I have to. And I will bring you back here. I promise. And Stefan says, "Okay, yeah, I'm going to hold you to that. Stefan's like, please do. Stefan says, you better fucking do something useful for once in your goddamn life. And tell me how, after this speech, Damon, you end up desiccated while she's still alive. So that's concerning. That's a great question, isn't it? So, Damon, I'm a little worried that I'm not out of the woods with you quite yet. You're not. You're definitely not. Stefan gets a call from Caroline, so he doesn't even say goodbye to Damon. He just hops over to that call. Yeah. And he says, hey, how are you? And she says, exhausted, hungry lonely yeah because Alex just with the babies he's like bye and at this point she doesn't think she's gonna like take care of the kids anymore so now she's just hanging out Stefan says I'm really sorry I wish I could be there this is the only way I could stop her and Caroline says I know I just wish it didn't always have to be you 
I do have to agree with her. Yeah. Like it is always Stefan who has to make these like big moves. Yes. Stefan says, I promise I'll come back for you. I have to keep moving if I want to stay ahead of her. I love you. And she cries. She says, I love you too. They hang up. She cries some more. But then baby delivery, Rick wheels the babies in. Thank God. She needs it. She says, oh my God. And he says, do you want to hold them? And she says, are you sure that's okay? Assuming the question being like, are they going to siphon my ass? Yeah. And Rick says, Val says it shouldn't be a problem. Something about the umbilical cord. I don't know. I was a little distracted. Sure. Whatever. So we can assume that like when the umbilical cord was feeding the blood, it was easier to siphon. Well, now they'd have to like figure out how to siphon in their babies. So yeah, it's like fine, whatever. He holds one baby up and he says, this is Josie in honor of their mother. And he grabs the other baby and he says, this one is Elizabeth in honor of your mother. And that is very sweet thing to do. Because it was sweet that she was named that, but then it was sweeter that he chose to do that without asking her. So I'll give him that. Still shouldn't be marrying him. Very sweet, but not a good enough reason to get engaged to him, Caroline. Stefan has done sweet things too. Let's not forget that. We go to three years from now. Caroline is in the car with the kids. Caroline drives and one of them says, Mommy, it's actually a good game. I don't think we know this yet. There's two toddlers. One is brunette. One is blonde. Oh, I have an answer. You, do you know which one is which or do you want to guess? I don't know, but I actually I've just been strongly assuming one direction. Please assume. Josie is brunette and Elizabeth is blonde. I'll tell you that's correct. Yeah. I I felt like that was kind of a layup. Like, I didn't know that, but I just felt like name wise. It does feel like kind of a layup. And also, it doesn't really matter if I tell you that, because eventually that'll become clear. I don't know when it becomes clear. The kids have been introduced on this show. This is not the last time we'll see them. Yeah. So anyway, I think Josie is the one who says this. But Caroline's on the phone with Rick. She says, yeah, I just got on I-20. Rick says, "Okay, call me when you get there. And Caroline says, what about Stefan? And Rick says, just go. Caroline says, "Okay, bye and hangs up. And Josie says, hey, mommy. And Caroline says, hey, shush, don't wake your sister. And Josie says, where are we going? And Caroline says, New Orleans, to visit mommy's friend. And that brings us to the end of this episode. So the first question is, of course, which friend are we visiting in New Orleans? Klaus. Do you think there's anyone else it could be? Maybe Haley, but it's Klaus. Do you think we will see that on this show? Or do you think that's something that we would have to watch the originals to see? I think we'll see it on both. Okay, so do you think we'll be in New Orleans next week? I don't know if it'll be next week, but I think, you know, we'll revisit it during the time jump for sure. But let's get these kids met. Let's start that second generation TVD universe. What is Caroline going to visit Klaus for? Either guidance on how to handle the Raina situation with Stefan, maybe bring in some other troops because, you know, they seem a little bit out of their depth. Mm -hmm. Or for like protection for the kids. Sure. Why do you think she's going to Klaus for this help? I was going to say maybe the originals can't get in the Phoenix Stone so they can get closer to her. But, you know, from the backdoor pilot of the originals, we know there's a pretty significant like magic part of it. So I think we have to assume that there's some magic connection in New Orleans that could be of help. Also, because Raina is from Louisiana. I was going to say, do you think Klaus has dealt with Raina before? I would say I doubt it just because Klaus had his Michael situation that feels like a very similar one, but maybe he knows of her or has heard of her since he's been in Louisiana. Sure. Do you think he dealt with her closer to the present day? Mm. We don't really know when they got kicked out of New Orleans. I don't know when he 
dealt with her, but I, I think he's at least heard of her at some point or another, whether he's dealt with her or maybe Marcel has interacted with her at some point because vamp- a group of vampires in New Orleans, you know? Yeah, interesting. So what do you think the solution here is for Reyna? It, she seems to be impervious to magic, pretty powerful, pretty threatening, and for all intents and purposes, immortal, for what we know. Yeah. So what do you think the solution is here? So I do think at the end of the day, Reyna does have extra power given by the protection tea and the shamans, but she's not impossible to kill. She does age and she also is like at her core human. Now, from the ceremony we saw, it seems that however many people killed themselves, that's how many lifetimes she has built up. Oh. Is my assumption. Interesting. So there's like 10 or so in that circle. I didn't count them. Rookie mistake. Yeah, I know. But I did a little math (laughs) on like how, like if she's lived all the way through lifetimes about how many lifetimes she's gone through. Yeah. We know that originally it was 1842, 15 years later, 1857. Now I went with 60 years, even though she's about 20 at the start of each lifeline based on what we saw when she burned. So one lifetime from 1857 goes to about 1917. Okay. It's probably earlier than that because we know she was about 20 when she was in 1903. But 1917 plus another lifetime, that brings us up to 1977. Okay. We also know she's about 80 when she dies this most recent time. And so 1977 plus 60, assuming she, you know, was already 20, that brings us to 2017. So she's at most through like three lives. Yeah. Let's say she has 10. She still has like seven left to go. Okay. Now that's again, assuming that she lived through those all the way. So I'm assuming to kill her, they would have to kill her enough to exhaust all those lifetimes. So like killing her once probably won't be enough right now. Okay. They may not need all seven. There may be other times she was killed in the past, but I think she's going to be one of those who gets killed, pops back up because I think she needs to be killed quite a few times. Gotcha. So you think essentially they just have to kill her a bunch of times. Yeah. Assuming they can figure that out. Do you think it's that as simple as like, say they lock her in a dungeon, they keep killing her till she's dead and then she just dies and it's all clear. I think that would be ideal. I don't think that's the situation they're going to be in because they don't know about that ritual. They just know that she died and came back to life. So they may not know that there's a set amount of times. Sure. But here's what I will say to bring this up, and you might already be bringing this up. This organization that sent Enzo to get her put her in a fire safe room. Mm -hmm. So we can assume that they have some idea of what's going on. I'm going to go kind of bold with this. So I don't know what this organization is called, what their goal is, because they don't seem to want to just kill vampires because Enzo's still alive and they're working with him. I assume that these people who are like working for this are the ancestors of all those shamans who died. Okay. So they're all either working to like ensure that she continues on her path. Her mission. Or potentially, you know, make sure that their ancestors' lives weren't taken in vain. Sure. So that implies to me, and this, I mean, you can feel free to correct me. What that implies to me is that you think these people think Reyna like may waste her time without their encouragement. But once she popped back up, she seemed ready to kill everybody. So it kind of seems like she's pretty self-sufficient. Maybe not waste her time. Sure. I think the other possibility with this group, because again, she was in a fire safe room, but they didn't seem like they were dying to let her out. 
So this may be like avenging, like you took our ancestors' lives for some other reason that we don't appreciate. So do you think they want to kill her until she's dead for good? They want to burn through her lives? Because they did have Enzo kill her. That is true. But then when she woke up, Enzo didn't kill her right away. He was just going to sedate her. Yeah, they didn't want to kill her right away. I don't know. Yeah. The biggest guess I have is their ancestors. I, I don't have much more than that. Once again. Sure. Once again, move it along. Hitting the wall. <laughs> a follow-up question. I haven't asked you this in a while. We know a little bit more about this organization, but not a lot more. I would like you to do another name guess. I was afraid you would say that. I thought you might be afraid. And you only have to do a couple. I don't want to spend too long on it because we've done it before. And yeah, you probably won't get it. So, okay. I have an immediate thought that can't be right, which is usually what happens. So they're they're all wearing black and they're kind of a militia looking thing. And their little office, whatever, seems to be in a cave. Okay. More people. Okay. Something with that or something cave related. Okay. Or let's go the militia route. Maybe they are like, what's a militia name? I guess militias just call themselves militias. They don't have fancy names for it. Like uh, the libertarians. Is <laughs> <laughs> this the libertarian party? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's something about their location, which appears to be in a cave. Okay. Like maybe they're in like the Rocky Mountains. We also have to pay attention to the fact that Raina was in Ohio, but they didn't know she was in Ohio. So what does that mean? So maybe it's near Ohio, <laughs> but not in Ohio. Okay. So maybe it's somewhere in the U.S. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's so brave to guess. I think it's in a mountain range of some sort. Mountain range or hill country. Okay, then can I ask you a follow-up question? We know that they are taking care of Elena's coffin, which we know is in New York. Why the separation? Maybe they're in Pennsylvania, where the coal is. Okay. And then it's closer to New York. Okay. And maybe you can, like, hire them as, like, a consultant. Okay. Like a security company. Maybe it's Raytheon. Maybe. It's Raytheon or the Libertarians. <laughs> Definitely one of those, though. <laughs> Definitely one of those, too. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying Vampire Diaries and or Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating and review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.